0: Welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them to Eccle-
1: not Ecclesiastes. Open them to Ezekiel chapter 1. I got some good news and I've got some bad news for you. The good news is that summer is 207 days away. Come on somebody. Amen. The bad news is it is winter. And uh, sometimes I have to remind myself, in fact, I was texting Bo yesterday. We both, you know, as horseshoers, you don't like the cold for sure. But uh, I have to remind myself in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there is a day to be born, there's a day to die. How many of y'all know there's a day for every season under heaven? And so uh, what I remind myself, even during the cold time of the year, during the fall, is I remind myself that this is the fall of the year. During the fall, there is a harvest, and if you will connect your heart with mine, I'm believing that there will be a harvest of souls coming into the kingdom of God because it is harvest season. Amen. Get the combines out. Let's rake them in. How many of y'all have some people that you're believing God for to come into the kingdom of God, whether it be a son or a daughter or whoever it is? I'm going to connect my faith with yours and believe for a miracle to happen inside of their heart. We've been in this series called Creature Features. And what I love about the word of God, it never gets old reading it, and I love to read about books that open insight and revelation. How many of y'all know the Bible is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword? It literally, it literally is a living organism that never dies, and there's new facets of it that the Lord gives us revelation of all the time. What I love about the Word is the symbolisms that are inside of it. In fact, when you do a word study of numbers, like the number five is the number of grace, three is completion, seven has meanings, one, two, three, all of those up there. But also, to certain places have symbolism. Like this morning I read in Psalm 133 talking about how beautiful it is when brothers and sisters get in unity with one another. He he likened it to the oil in even Mount Hermon. And when you study Mount Hermon, it's a place where it stays green all the time because of the dew that sets on that. See, if you didn't realize the symbolism of what you just read, the meaning of the word becomes so much more life. And there's things throughout scripture that have grabbed my attention, whether it's been in Bible school or just my my walk with Christ, that some things that have just jumped out on the page to me. And one of them is found right here in Ezekiel chapter 1 in verse 10. We'll go ahead and read this together. But Ezekiel is prophesying and he's He begins to write down what the Lord is showing him, and it's a vision of these living beings. In Ezekiel 1.10 in the New Living Testament, it says, Each had a human face. Everybody say human. This would be the man, the face of a lion. Everybody say lion on the right side, on the face of an ox. On the left side, everybody say ox. And the face of an eagle on the back. And if you've been here over the last couple of weeks, uh, the first two weeks I talked about the lion. And this is the same revelation that Ezekiel is getting that uh, the Apostle John had the same revelation in Revela- Revelation chapter 4. Behold, he see a sea of glass, and he saw the face on the throne sat, the face of a lion, the face of an ox, the face of a man, and the face of an eagle. Now, I'm looking at it from a totally different perspective, but in reminder to you and I, because I've been reminding myself even this week, the face of the lion is the face of authority. In Mark chapter 13, he showed. He, he tells us, he begins to tell us what we see also in Matthew 24, that there is some birth signs, that there is about to give birth, that Jesus is coming back for the church, that, that hearts will wax cold, and there will be wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and pestilence and all these different things that will happen. But he said, I'm going away, but I am leaving my home here with you to take authority over. How many of y'all know the same uh, spirit that was in Jesus that raised him from the dead, that same authoritative power lives on the inside of you and me. And this is a reminder to you and I that we need to walk in the authority God has given us. I know it may be cold and flu and COVID season, but you ought to walk around your house and say, come on. With an authority on the inside of you. I didn't act like a blonde girl right there, but I kind of did. Devil, get thee behind me in Jesus' name. How many of y'all know we have a name that's above every name that every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? Like it may be cold season out there, but in the Bennett home, we believe in the name of Jesus. There is authority in the name of Jesus. There's authority in the blood. There's authority in the word. And so he is saying, I have given you this authority. So the face of the lion uh, is, is the face. When he walks into the jungle, he is not freaked out by the elephant or the jaguar. Because he is the king of the jungle. And can I tell you, in Matthew's gospel, he begins to show us that he is not only the king, but he is the king of a new kingdom. And he began to show us different things through the Beatitudes. And all, uh, what we read through all of that, that he is setting up a new precedence. Because he is the king of... Of the jungle. How many of y'all know he's the king of kings and the lord of lords? Yes, amen. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He's the leaf and the tall. He, he knows the end from the beginning. So then we studied the ox, which is the face of humility. Everybody say humility. The face of humility, we looked at John chapter 13 of how Jesus begins to wash the feet of all his disciples. All 12 of them. Even the one that he knew would betray him, Judas. What an amazing feat that, that of what he did. What that shows us, the Bible tells us this, that he is the ox for you and I. It tells us in Isaiah 53 that he was the beast of burden for you and I. The Bible tells us to cast all our care on him, for he cares for us. How many of y'all know there's just things in your life that you should not carry anymore because he already carried them and paid for them. He paid the ultimate price on the cross for you and I. He's that beast of burden. He's that ox of humility for you and me. And we, we saw in that text that it doesn't matter... Uh, of what position that you're in whether you be the boss you be the leader you be the head there's never a time where it should be an if you say you know what I'm never going to stoop that low then you're saying Jesus was wrong when he washed the feet of Jesus and I don't know about you but every day of my life I want to be more and more like the Lord there's two scriptures I want to read to you and then we'll begin to talk about the eagle and what that represents today but in Deuteronomy chapter 4, this is the last book of the Torah. This is uh, uh, Moses is speaking here and he begins to tell them and show them. We, we love Deuteronomy because he's saying in Deuteronomy 28, he said, If you begin to do all of these things that the Lord has put in front of us, this law. But aren't you thankful that Jesus came and tore up the law book. And uh, we're, we're other, no longer under the curse of the law, but but he's sharing with the people of Israel. He is telling them, if you live by this, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you'll be cursed. But one of the things that is wrote in Deuteronomy chapter four and verse seven it says, For what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on him. How many of y'all know there's not a time in the day, there's not a time in the year, there's not a time in your life that you can't call upon the Lord? The Bible says in the book of Acts, he who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What was the thing that Peter said when he was walking across water and he began to sink? It may be even the thing that God has called you to do. It doesn't mean that there won't be storms that come in and make you sink. But he said, Lord, save me. The first words that come under your mouth ought to be him. and The next one I want to read to you, Matthew 10 and verse 29. Jesus is speaking. It's words in red. It says, what is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin. He's asking the question. He said, but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. My whole point in reading the scripture in Deuteronomy 4 and in Matthew's Gospel chapter 10 is God wants to be involved in the everyday activity of your life. Even down to counting the hairs in your nose or on your head. How many know God wants to be involved in every activity of your life? I'm going to say that again. God wants to be involved in every activity of your life. Whether it be cooking dinner after this, invite God to help you with enchiladas. Do that for your family. Just say, Lord, help me in Jesus' name driving down the road, going to work, whatever it is, if you've lost something. I'm telling you, this is something that I've lived by as we talk about the eagle. It not to just be something that you become spiritual on a Sunday morning. You ought to stay spiritual every day of your life, of every minute. From the very beginning, how I many of y'all know it's the day the Lord has made? I will rejoice and be glad in it. And it doesn't mean that you won't go through so- storms. But if you begin to see things on a spiritual level, you will soar above a storm like an eagle does. What we see, some facts about the eagle, I want to share with you uh, about them. And then I want to go to Isaiah 40, a great text about eagles. But here's some facts. Eagle is a symbol of power. It's a symbol of peace. It's a symbol of freedom. In fact, uh, there's over 60 species of eagles and they're everywhere except Antarctica, and mostly Asia and Africa have the most. But America is known for the bald eagle. And when you begin to study the eagle from way back the beginning of time, the eagle is not only a symbol of America, but it was in the czarist day. Um, it was a symbol of Russia, and in the Bible times, it was the symbol of the Roman Empire. And in fact, if you've studied anything of World War II, you see that Adolf Hitler adopted the eagle as well. Lots of times and statues next to him and his throne that he sat upon. That was like the, the throne of, at Pergamos, uh, Pergamum. Uh, he would have the swastika down. And then it would be a, a sculpture of an eagle that was standing in position. Basically, hail Hitler, uh, or in the position to, to hail his kingdom. So it's a symbol of power. It's a symbol of freedom. It's a symbol of peace. Another interesting fact about the eagle is its grip is ten times stronger than a human's. In fact, an eagle, I read commentary on an eagle, has to think about not gripping. That's just what it does. When it's standing on something, it grips. And when it's... um, uh, uh, We, as people, have to think about gripping. They have to think about not gripping. What's amazing about the talons, they're so sharp. When an older eagle gets to a place where he realizes that his talons and his grip aren't as strong, he will go to a rock and he will... He will bring them down to nubs so that they will grow back to their sharpest spot. And that tells us in life, sometimes we got to go back to the basics. If we lose our edge, we got to go back to some things of where we got our edge in the first place. I'm not going to preach that right now, but I could. The third thing is this. The eyesight is eight times stronger than a human. My dad, when I was a kid, how many of y'all... I believe my eyesight is being renewed day by day, but I will say this, just being honest with you, if I took off these glasses, I wouldn't know what time it was back there, but when I was a kid, I could see far. In fact, my dad said, son, Travis, you have eyes like an eagle, but please do not have a bird brain. Uh, An eagle It stands, you know, it can stand up to three foot, almost four foot tall. They can be super tall. But uh, what's amazing about them is their eyeball is the size of a human's. And they have built-in sunglasses. They can go into the sun and see. They can see at night. They can see uh, two miles away a rabbit, even in the middle of the night. In fact, it gives them a strategy. They're amazing hunters because they can go and blind their prey up into the sun and not be affected by it at all and come in, swoop down, and take him. They have a hooked beak. Another thing that an older, mature eagle will do is he will beat it against a rock again if he's lost his edge because it grows back into the sharpest point that it ever started at. The fifth thing is this. A wingspan is up to nine feet. In fact, Jeremiah talks about it in Jeremiah 49. But the African eagle, which... Uh, the children of Israel would have been familiar with makes its home in the Middle East and has a wingspan up to 10 feet. Think about this. Think about the tallest basketball player you ever saw with three more feet on it flying in the air. That's a big, that's a big bird. Everybody say big bird. All right. Uh, they're super smart. They're hunters. Number seven is this. Can go up to seven weeks without food. There's a spiritual thing to that, but I'm not going to talk about it because I don't like that part. The eighth one is this. They lose. What's amazing about them is if they get in battle or they run into something or they lose feathers on one side of their body, they have the ability to know how many is missing on this side, and they will pluck or rub up against something to pull it off of this because they need to be in perfect balance when they go above the storm. Uh, They turn their heads at 210 degrees like an exorcist 10 they mate for life they mate for life you know what's amazing about this 60 percent of the time they do it in the air flying it's a hard act to follow <laughs> we talk about marriage i'm gonna bring up the eagle do not try this at home okay we will have to have a healing service praise the lord uh they lay one to three eggs per year, but this is amazing about them. When they build their nest on a high cliff, in fact, we've been on some airboat rides in, uh, in Florida where we've seen lots of alligators and a ton of eagles up in the tree uh, with tons of Spanish moss. They use sticks, and they build these huge nests. And as I was thinking about this, isn't it amazing? I mean, they're big branches that mothers will break off a branch, take it back to the nest. The bottom is full of Spanish moss. Spanish moss is where we get the term bed bugs. Uh, Good night, don't let the bed bugs bite, because in Spanish moss it was full of bugs and that's how they made mattresses and pillows back in the day. And uh, I wouldn't suggest it today. All right, that's just a fun fact. But Spanish moss down at the bottom where the eggs would be, and then they would have all these sticks. I want you to think about this, moms. All the places that the mom had ever been was in the place where it would give birth. Whether it be the good places or the bad places, this was the place where it chose to have this baby. And it would be 13 feet deep. It would be 8 feet wide. And some bald eagles have nests that weigh up to 1.1 tons. Jeremiah 49 verse 16 says, Your, your fierceness has deceived you, the pride of your heart. O oh, you who dwell in the clefts of the rock, who hold the height of the hill. Though you make your nest as high as the eagle. They've made them on highest places because the prey, the mothers would protect the eggs until the gestation process was over. Uh, Also, too, we see in Job 39 and verse 27, does the eagle mount up at your command and make its nest on high? One more fun fact, and I'm going to talk about some other things about the eagle, about the eagle is this. Landing is the hardest thing for them to perfect. You know why? Because they were made to fly. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29, he says, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who wait or trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. The reason that I'm bringing this up, and I want to tell you what the eagle represents as we study this in in, um, Ezekiel chapter 1, that God has called you to soar on wings like eagles. God has not called you to coast through life. God has not called you to a place of mundane. God has not called you to a place of apathy in your walk with Christ. But God has called you to new heights, new level, new depths in Jesus' name. I love love the text in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And then he says this in verse 17. He says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith how many y'all know God has called you to new places of faith I'm gonna say that again how many y'all know God has called you to new places of faith from one degree of faith to another one I preaching on faith years ago I remember it's 2020 I preached on courageous faith and I preached it for 10 weeks not even knowing COVID was around the corner that you need to walk by faith but one of the things that the Lord showed me was from the, the Spirit of God came on me and on the Google, Johnny Cash came into the room and started singing one piece at a time. Y'all know what I'm talking about, one piece at a time, when he's talking about the Cadillac that he builds and that he can't get it registered. It's a great song. It'll, it'll build you up spiritually. You ought to go home and listen to it. But he talks about at the very end, they ask him, what year is it? Well, it's a 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, 62. He goes all the way up to like 70. So that's probably the year that it was wrote. But my whole point was this, as I was thinking about faith and in our walk with Christ. You should not have the same faith in, in 2023 that you had in 1993. God's called you from faith to faith. You're not to go backwards in your life. God's called you to soar. Go to new heights, to new depths. The same things that you dealt with five years ago, you should not be dealing with today. You should defeat those things. You should be over those things. And God has called us to new heights, to new depths, from faith to faith. Another scripture is 2 Corinthians 3, and verse 18. It says, but we all. With unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. God's called you from glory to glory, faith to faith, new heights, new depths. Let me put it this way God has called you to see things from a heavenly perspective. In everything, from a heavenly perspective. Now, I don't want you to get so spiritual that you get weird. I've hanged around Catholics before where they see Jesus in their burnt toast. And I'm like, I don't see it. You guys know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my gosh, pastor, they sent me a picture of some, some clouds. And I'm like, praise God, it's about to rain. You don't see it. You're not spiritual. No, I'm not talking about being weird. I'm talking about in everything in your life, you can invite him in. When you parent, you ought to invite the Lord in. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about soaring with eagles, new heights, new depths, new places, because this is what you need to know. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You are a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. That's who you are. That's the eternal thing. When you die, the Bible, well, it shows us in Scripture, it doesn't say it like this, in fact. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, Paul is talking to the church of Thessalonica. In fact, he's talking about when Jesus comes back, but he talks about the spirit, the soul, and he talks about the body. The soul, how many of y'all know one day your mind, your will, and your emotions, it will go away with your body. Those are things that have an ending to them. They have an a, um, expiration date like the milk. But one thing that doesn't have an expiration date is your spirit man. Because when you die, the Bible tells us if your heart is right with God, that your spirit goes to heaven. But if it's not, it goes to a place burning, right? A lake of fire. So let's back up. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. When he created man, the Bible says let's make him in our own likeness. Let's make man. That word in Greek is humanity in the likeness of God. So that means that we are created in his image. Don't I look like Jesus this morning? Amen. It's not that my body does, but my spirit man should. We should do everything. We should make decisions to be more like Jesus. We should watch things that help us in our spirit man, that make us better. And so, thinking about this in John chapter 4 and verse 4, with the, or, or sorry, later on, not 4 and verse 4, but in John chapter 4, what did he tell the woman at the well? He said, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So I'm created in him, and the Bible says that he is a spirit. That means that you are a spirit. We are a spirit. So the thing that is eternal ought to be the thing that you feed the most. Let me me put it to you like this. If you're a business owner, maybe you're a family member or whoever you are, you can tell the people in your life that are for you and not against you you if you un- unless you've been deceived but you you can tell whether or not somebody has your back or somebody that doesn't like brandy here i can share everything even things that may be weird they're not weird to her because it's like we're we're own flesh and blood because we are we left our father and mother and we've cl- cleaved together we're welded together all right so so this this ought to be the most important person in my life. This is, this is a marriage tip 101, all right? Okay, this is the most important person in my life. Amen, he got a witness, praise the Lord. Uh, and, and so this, this is the most important person. I'm telling you, my marriage is better when this is most important. Are you hearing me this morning? Because I know, I mean, one day, these kids will be gone. I tell my kids all the time, I love you, but I love your mama more. And that blesses them. They're thankful when they go to other places and their parents fight like cats and dogs. They're like, I'm so thankful that you love one another. Because the most important relationship is her. So going back to you are a spirit, what is the thing? Because the Bible tells us, let's talk about the soul for a second. It's is our mind, our will, and emotions. The Bible tells us in... Um, Ephesians chapter 4, to renew your mind. Colossians chapter 3, renew your mind. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, renew your mind. How many of y'all know you've got to renew your mind every single day? 1 Corinthians tells us, to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Your spirit may be saved, but your mind is not sometimes. I figured I'd get better amens than that. Like those of you that love football, cowboys, sometimes. Let's just be real. My spirit is saved, but the things I throw at the TV, my soul is still a little bit corrupt sometimes. All right. When that person cuts you off in traffic, you are saved, but the soul might still want to slip in the finger. Yeah. Am I going somewhere? All right. I mean, all know we that that's our soul, man. All right. But the Bible tells us that our soul goes away. In Job, it talks about the spirit of the soul leaving a man. In in um. Uh, and now, talking about the body. The body is just in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it tells us, I'm just shooting off the cuff here, I could be totally wrong, but I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Meaning this, this, just like your skull is an outer casing for your brain, the brain is so important, is it not? The brain is important, but you have an outer length. Those of you that are Around horses, you know this that the foot of a horse is just the casing, is the safety area around a coffin bone. But here's the deal if the coffin bone is infected, it will affect the hoof. The same way, if your spirit is affected, it will affect your body. I'm getting at the most important thing in your life that you ought to feed and nourish the most is your spirit. The spirit. I'm not saying the soul's not important, your mind, your will, and emotion. I'm telling you, I love books as anybody else. I love them. I love to become smart. There's people in this room that are completely smart. But can I tell you, the most successful people in their life that have grabbed a hold of this, that the eternal thing that sticks around the most, if I feed it, my soul gets better. How many of y'all agree? When you feed your spirit, your soul gets better. When you feed your spirit, your body gets better. I'm going to say it again. When you feed your spirit, your soul and your body gets better. Amen? Amen? So what I'm talking about, you need to come to a place in your life that everything, in everything, with everything and everything, praise you, whatever it is. We need to soar like eagles. Because when you feed it, it will grow. In every area. Like I was trying to think of a, a a great example for this in 1 Samuel chapter 9. You can write that down and go read this. But I was I was praying this morning, the Lord reminded me of this, and also in 1 Samuel chapter 25, Abigail. But this is the one. Uh, you know what's happening, or you may not know what's happening. I'll tell you. In the land of Israel, from 1 Samuel chapter 1, Hannah makes a vow to the Lord that her baby would... would, he would get, Give him to the Lord. And it becomes Samuel, and he's the prophet. He is the seer. And the people are coming to the prophet Samuel and saying, we want a king. And he said, no, you don't. Because when you get man involved in godly things, it gets messed up. And so, no, you don't. And they said, no, we really want a king. And so, there is this man named Kish. He is a Benjamite. He owns a lot of donkeys. All right? And so, he he, he loses some, and he tells his son Saul, I want you to go look for some donkeys. And so he goes out, and he goes to one land, the Bible says, and there's no donkeys there. He goes to another one, and he, he, he doesn't see any donkeys there. And he looks, goes to another land, and there's no donkeys there. It gets late, and he says, we need to get back. My, my dad is going to worry about us. And the servant that is with him. How many of y'all know we rise and fall to the level of our friends? How many of y'all know it's important that we hang out with eagles and not chickens? All right? Not hummingbirds or ostriches that put their head in the sand. All right? Uh, that's a whole nother point, but this servant says, no, we need to go see a seer, and let's make this mundane thing of looking at donkeys, let's make it spiritual. Even down to a tool that is in your trailer. Come on, I'm helping you out right now, because there's been times where I have lost something, and I know it's there. If it was a snake, it would bite me. And I've had to say, Lord, give me eyes to see and give me ears to hear. I'm just getting it. I'm telling you, even down golfing right now, there is leaves all over the place. And a white ball is camouflaged. You'll see me and Brandy out there on the golf court. Lord, in Jesus' name, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. My score's already bad enough. But if I lose enough, of another one. Come on, how many of y'all know God wants to get involved in your sport life? God wants to get involved in every area of your life. I'm helping you guys out this morning. And so in this particular case, he said, let's go see the seer. We may just go and to be look for donkeys, but let's invite the Lord into this situation. They didn't know it, but the Lord had already ministered to Samuel that morning. And he said, there is a man by the name of Saul, and he's a Benjamin, And he will be the one that you will anoint king over the nation. So when he shows up there, destiny was knocking at the door. What I'm getting at is this. You may think that you're just showing up a job for construction, but if you invite the Lord in, just like Saul was looking for donkeys, God was looking for his destiny. Man, I don't know how to put this point across any, any better because he wasn't even looking for kingship, but because he was being obedient with what God had given him to do and invited him in. He said, you may not look to be king, but because you're obedient and you're looking to me, I'm going to put you places higher than anybody else could put you. Are you hearing me this morning? I hope you get this. It's the same way with Abigail. How many of y'all know we need to be looking for the intersections that God puts in our life? It didn't just happen, folks. That favor that you had driving down the road or in the, in the grocery store, I'm, I'm, I'm just here to tell you, those things just don't happen. That means that there is a favor on your life, and God wants to be a part of every bit of it. Every single part of it. So let's go back to the eagle. The eagle mating. Isn't it something to me? They mate in the air. They link up with people in high places. How many of y'all know it's, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I know this by heart because my mama shared it with me many times. But don't, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It's so important that in our life that we link ourselves with people that will keep us in high places. But then the female, what she does after she lays the one to three eggs, she sits on that. And what she does is she waits for the father. This is a good father that's, uh, that still has a job, is not on welfare, collecting checks, He's out working, and he gets food to bring back to the nest to feed her so she can sit on the eggs for the gestation process of the babies. The father feeds her. You know, it's just like you. Maybe when you first got saved, or maybe you're in here today, you're sitting on a purpose or you're sitting on a dream. I believe as the father begins to feed you in that everyday activity of your life, come on, how many of y'all know life can come out of that? So then this baby eagle is born, and it's born on a high level. How many of y'all remember when you first got saved, you are ready to charge hell with the squirt gun? When you have the revelation that God has forgiven you as far as the east is from the west, nobody is forgiving you like Jesus has forgiven you, and you are. You're ready to charge hell with the squirt gun. You're looking at, at a high level. But what happens is, after this baby eagle is born on this high place, For the six weeks following its hatching, the eaglet has it it made in the shade because it's just waiting for mama to come back and feed him or feed her. He can see lots of things from this vantage point of being up on the cliff. He's fed hourly by his mother, but what happens is, is he grows fat and plump, and the nest then becomes uncomfortable. When he's comfy and cozy, his mother begins to stir up the nest. Can I tell you, as I was reading this, I was thinking, oh, dear God, I want to preach this so bad. Because there's so many of y'all out there. You gave your life to Christ, but you're still, five years later, sitting in the nest. You're still at a place where you haven't grown. But what, what they do is, is they have it on that moss, and when that baby is born, they, they build that nest in such a way, the bigger that it gets from faith to faith, from glory to glory... There is things that poke, there are sticks that poke into that eagle's side to make him want to get out of the nest. Come on, I'm talking to some people in here that you know it's time to just grow up spiritually. You sat in the nest long enough. You're still saying the same things. You're still doing the same doing the same things. You're still going the same places. You're still being the same person that you were five years ago. I'm here to tell you, it's time to get out of the nest. And you're going to be uncomfortable with your life until you do. You will be at a place all the time where you are miserable. Oh, my gosh. And so what happens is, thank God for pastors and leaders that come in like the mama does with her 10-foot wingspan, and she just pushes him out of the nest, and it goes falling down. How many of you have ever felt that way before? Ah, I'm falling, and I can't get up. Ah! I've had it before. Call the preacher. Ah! They call. And what does the pastor do? He does exactly what the mama does. Before it hits the rocks, it comes down, it sweeps down, it picks them up and puts them back inside the nest. And then it comes along again. See, what I'm talking about is sometimes you know, you know, you have conviction in your heart of a message that has been preached behind this pulpit, either by me or by somebody else, that you know spiritually it's time for you to grow up. It's time for you to go to a new level. It's time for you to go to a new season. It's time for you to go to a new level of faith, a new level of glory, begin to have that heavenly perspective. But instead, you fight against it, and you come falling down, and the preacher or somebody has to talk you off the cliff of, oh, my God, I just get, ah. Listen, God has called you. God has called. He's kicking you out of the nest for a reason because you can't stay where you are forever. You can't do that for your kids. You can't do that for the generation after you. God has called you to soar on wings like eagles. He's not called you to land. That's the hardest thing for an eagle to do. But fly is the best thing that he can do. So finally what happens is he goes, MG, I do have wings. He pulls them out and begins to soar because you weren't called to sit in a chair of comfortability. You weren't called to sit in a place of, of, of being comfy, cozy, and fat. We've got a bunch of spiritual fat people. Can I just be honest with you? What did Elijah say? Bring me empty vessels. You know what you ought to be when you walk through that door? You ought to be empty. Because what you heard on Sunday morning, you shared at the gas pump on Monday to somebody else. See, if you eat neat, 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 and don't get rid of nothing, you'll have to go to the hospital, and they'll have to pull some stuff out of you. Right? That's why so many people say, Well, we're just not getting fed anymore. Praise God, bless the Lord. It's because you're fat and you need to get rid of some so God can put more in you. Come on, I'm preaching right now. I know this is so good, but that's okay. I'll preach to myself. Listen, God's kicking you out of the nest, He's kicking you out of the nest. And it's okay to fall a few times, but there's some of you, you've been falling for 10 and 15 years on the same thing. You're dying to the same sword every single time. Life is a setup, and you choose the way it's set up. Are you awake this morning? God loves you too much to stay in that place of apathy and comfort. He said, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Talking about eagles, eagles soar higher than any living creature. And the secret of their soaring is, is they know how to catch the thermal wind currents. In fact, an eagle doesn't divert a storm. He goes to the storm. He may be in the part of it for a moment, but then with the winds, his wingspan, he can lock it in at 200 miles an hour, and it won't break. And he can go above the storm. So the secret of their soaring is they know how to catch that, that wind current. Eagles can't control the wind, and how many of y'all know we as people can't control the wind? In fact, we can't even see it, but they can take advantage of it. Spiritually, we I believe God's called us to do the same thing. When the Lord wakes us at 3 in the morning and asks us to spend time looking to, into his word, we're at 3 in the afternoon when he asks us to go for a walk with him, we have a choice right then to make. We can say, Lord, I hear your voice. I feel that stirring on the inside of me. I see, I feel that movement in me, the breeze of your spirit. I'm going to spread my wings. I'm going to catch it. I'm going to go above it. Or we can say, Lord, I hear you calling, but the game's on right now. Or my kids need me for this, which I'm not saying you need to divert them and leave them abandoned. But how many of y'all know we make excuses when God wants to speak to us? If we choose that, we miss a moment. And in John chapter 3, when Nicodemus comes to visit Jesus in the night, he said that the Holy Spirit is like the wind. No man knows where it comes from or where it goes. We can't control the wind. We can't see the wind. When it comes, we can only take advantage of it or we can miss out on it. So I want you to be honest. We're not always like the eagle. Sometimes we're like a hummingbird, flapping our wings thousands of times per minute, Trying to make something happen in our own energy. Come on, I'm here to tell you, God's called you up here. But there's some of you, you've been serving God for five and six and now 10 years, and you're still down here like a hummingbird. I got to figure this out. Ah! Come on, I've been on the other side of the phone before where it just, I can picture them in their living room. This is bigger than me. It may be bigger than you, but it's not bigger than God. See, I'm telling you, I I can know right away the faith level that somebody's at, whether they're up there and they're seeing what God before me, then who in the world can be against me? I can see the people that so appear that just like the uh, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4.11, I have learned the secret to be content in all things, whether well-fed or hungry, whether naked or fully dressed, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. These are people that are soaring through life. Doesn't mean they haven't had storms because storms come and storms go. But these are people that spiritually, they are successful because they have learned to use that current of the Holy Spirit up under their wings to take them to a new height. But there is many people still in this room today, and this is not condemnation, this is just conviction in your own heart. You are still trying to figure it out. Cast all your care on him, for he cares for you. Are you hearing me this morning? You're still, you get that doctor's report, and you're like, ah. You're literally like a hummingbird or like a chicken that pecks and pecks and pecks and pecks. I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you can either be like a hummingbird or you can be like an eagle and an eagle soars when a hummingbird sits there with its wings flapping a chicken never even gets up off the ground come on we let's get past ground control here let's not stay at the level that we were let's go to new heights new depths let's soar from faith to faith from glory to glory come on heavenly perspective let's come up here and soar with eagles don't be like a hummingbird. Say it again. Do not be like a hummingbird. God's called you to be like an eagle. There's one more text I want to read to you, Psalm chapter 103. This is one of my favorite texts, the Psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, who heals all my disease, who forgives all my sins and heals all of my diseases. And then he says in verse 4. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. I'm almost done here, but there's something in this text that we've been studying about the eagles. First of all, I have I have put in here, I wrote, wrote in my Bible right here, the benefits of living a spiritual life. The, in verse 3, he says, he forgives all My sins. How many of y'all know ain't nobody can forgive you like Jesus has? Amen? I'm going to say that one more time. How many of y'all nobody can forgive you like Jesus already has? That is the benefit of walking spiritually with the Lord. Here's the second thing that he writes down. He said, and heals all my diseases. So the first benefit is forgiveness. The second one is healing. He heals all my diseases. If you're dealing with sickness right now, I want to tell you, he heals all your diseases. Here's the third thing. He redeems me from death. So that means he preserves me. There's preservation for me. How many of y'all know he's redeemed you from the curse of the law? He's bought you back. Here's the fourth thing. And crowns me with love and tender mercies. That means if he crowned me, that means I am victorious. The fifth thing is this, he fills my life with good things, that's satisfaction. So, the result of these five benefits is forgiveness, healing, preservation, victorious, and satisfaction, is that our youth is renewed like eagles. How many of y'all know sickness and violence may affect the body, but they cannot touch the spirit? Sickness and violence may touch the body, but they can't touch the spirit. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, Though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. On earth there is no fountain of eternal youth as far as the body is concerned, but the spirit can go from one degree of strength to another. The eagle has a reputation for long life and superior strength. Its life is not one of continuous vitality and renewed youth. It, too, grows old and dies. But what David is saying is that the man who dwells in God enjoys continuous revival and goes from strength to strength like the eagle soaring from one height unto the next height. I'm just, I want to invite each and every one of you today talking about the eagle being our source of, or, or, or thinking about him being spiritually, as I come to a close, I want you to think about it in your life. What are areas in your life you haven't invited the Lord in? What are areas in your life that you think you're just chasing after donkeys, but you're not? If you would invite the Lord in, destiny could be involved. Are you seeing that? You may think you're chasing after something that, you know, I, I'm just going to feed cows, or I'm going to just... Uh, take the kids to school or I'm just going to the store to get groceries for the week or, I, or or whatever it is I'm telling you destiny could be involved there could be favor lined up in your path of people that could promote you to new heights and new levels I'm just getting at don't just invite him on Sunday morning I'm going to be spiritual on Sunday morning No, no 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 that's what a chicken does It's what a hummingbird does. It's what an ostrich does. It's what a crow does. Not an eagle. An eagle has a hard time landing. Even as it gets older, that's the hardest thing that it it ever accomplishes is landing. Because he was never made to land. He was made to soar. And I'm telling you right now, there's some of you, let me just give you an example. This morning when I got up, went to the bathroom, I was making my way to the kitchen because the Bible says on the sixth day, God created the coffee bean. Amen. Any coffee drinkers out there? But on the way there, I began to pray in the spirit. Broy santa, no santa, you know why I did that? Not because I was coming to preach and I wanted to hear word from God. It's because every single day I do that. Every single day in the car, my kids will tell you that their mom and their dad, at spiritual levels in the Bennett household, we pray. We call upon the Lord. We don't wait till Sunday morning. Well, you're the preacher. No, God's not called just preachers to be eagles. God's called you to be an eagle. I'm telling you, if you want to walk victorious in your life, this is a mindset. And it doesn't mean that you won't go through a storm. But it does mean this, that even in the storm, you will go above it. You will rise above it. Don't be like the hummingbird. Come on, don't have that. Don't be like the chicken. That's a foul spirit anyway. Sorry, that was a corny preacher joke. (laughs) Very foul. All right, don't be like the turkey, gobble and wobble. God's called you to soar. Come on, God's called you to soar. Come on, God's called you to soar. Come on, if you believe that this morning, stand to your feet, then you know what? You're going to stand in faith
0: saying, God's called me to soar. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church.